0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Fidget Spinner Junkie Podcast. No, I'm kidding. I'm so kidding. (laughs) We were talking fidget spinners (laughs) right before the show. (laughs) And if you're listening to this in the future, right now in middle 2017, fidget spinners are kind of a craze. Hopefully, if you're listening to this in three months, no one will remember them, like those hoverboards. Remember those? People used them for like two months, hardcore, and then they started catching fire. I'm kind of hoping that happens with fidget spinners. Number
1: boards
2: are still a thing and they're used quite often. No,
0: they aren't. I thought they were out. Oh, Seriously,
2: they, they they refined them, made them better, and they're selling yeah. like hotcakes.
0: How can they be better? They're already crappy and they're, like their whole the whole core of them is so douchey. Brian. What, Brian? What?
2: It it's a thing.
0: Okay, I I have a hard time believing that, but okay, I believe you. Um, welcome, my friends. <laughs> Oh, my God. To the Space Game Junkie podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian. And joining me, as always, is your co-host, Jim.
1: Brought to you by Dankest Memes, an <laughs> Xbox exclusive.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. It is, it is currently E3. E3 is in full swing uh, right yes. now.
1: And yeah, we're we've going to are... do our, our, our <laughs> totally accurate predictions <laughs> about what's going to be revealed at the press conference.
2: I think they've all happened already. i I, I think I think that they're going to announce a new Battlefront game. I mean I'm not sure
0: (laughs) Oh, so like they're gonna
2: announce
1: Battlefront too. Like the EA ones Bethesda is gonna kill it with Starfield. Wait, how is that? Didn't Bethesda do theirs already?
0: Or am I like
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's oh, why okay. I'm totally accurate. Okay. These are totally accurate I, predictions I give about such the shit that we watched two days ago.
0: I give such a little crap about what's happening at E3, to be honest with you. Like, I remember back in the day, it was like the thing. And now it's like, eh.
1: Do you like Skyrim?
2: Because it's on everything. It's the new Minecraft. So gonna, it's it's going to be Sky, on the Switch, Skyrim right?
1: on 3DS. Yeah, Yeah, it's coming on the Switch. But even better, it's going to be on PlayStation in VR.
3: What? Oh,
1: yeah. Wait, what? So, yep. Yep. The funniest thing. Bethesda didn't show that. What? They didn't show it. PlayStation showed it. Everybody was like, oh, my God, they didn't do it. And then PlayStation had their conference the next day, and they were like, check it out. Skyrim and the 3Ds.
0: I just love how I heard about this thing where you can hook up four generations of Xboxes together, if you're that crazy, to uh, play some Crimson Skies over a LAN if if you're yes. if you're insane,
1: <laughs> you know what I would like to see from that though. What's that? Is Microsoft is like they're really pushing the the like play anywhere thing where it's like I bought it for the Xbox, I can play it on the PC. They need to do an Xbox thing. I've been playing thing. Forza Horizon all week. Yeah, it's great. So I want to see. We did backward compatibility for the Xbox on the Xbox One X, which if you spell that out, X. Xbox One X X B O X Xbox. Oh, my God. Oh. That's crazy. I see what they did. Um, oh. you know, it's like, hey, I heard you like Xbox. So I put an Xbox in your Xbox. <laughs> so that you can Xbox Sorry, your folks. Xbox. Tangent. Um, tangent. Big time tangent. But Crimson Skies. <laughs> Crimson Skies, yes. right? That was the one that they showed. That's the one that's I want. That's the one I that want. matters. Right. So if you're going to give me crossplay from any first-party stuff. yeah, That's a first-party Microsoft game. Please, please, please don't make me rely on finding a used copy of that. I will pay you $10 you if know you what? want to just be MicrosoftGog.com and sell it to me on the PC because seriously, I know, I know if, you can make it work now.
0: If Microsoft did what PlayStation is doing with their PlayStation Now, like, oh, you can play all these old Xbox games on your PC, like Crimson Skies. I would upgrade to Windows 10 for that. I would. Yeah, I just. I would I totally to upgrade it. for that. I don't that. want
1: to rent it by the month though. Well, I mean that
0: that would be the big stepping stone, is what I'm saying. That would get me to upgrade. You know, instead of buying an Xbox just to play that game, I yeah. would. I mean, if they're not going to make, if they're not going to freaking sell it outright, just then let me do. Let me have like a Xbox Now type service where I could yeah. stream it like well, PlayStation does. Well, I just,
1: I just think it's silly. Like, okay, you guys went to all the effort. To actually get backward compatibility working, and uh, and you're not selling the games had digitally. Had for a long time, I got, not, got rid of all my games, and you're oh, not selling shit. the games digitally. Should, yeah. yeah,
0: why aren't they doing right. that? And it's That's like,
1: like, oh, I didn't hang on to my games because they weren't so stupid. Available. They're leaving. Oh, they're leaving so much me. money
0: on the table. So much money on the goddamn table. Absolutely, not not giving us PC players like if if if, if they sell the Crimson, both Crimson Skies game digitally. In the Windows 10 store, I would upgrade tomorrow. Bar none, I'd format my disk to Windows 10, you finally got me. I would upgrade tomorrow. No question.
1: Microsoft owns the rights. Yeah to Crimson Skies, yeah. one the, yeah. the original PC one, which, which people have done the work and got it to work on mm-hmm. Windows Ten for yep. them,
0: and you can't and buy it anywhere. And
1: They can be like, "Well, yep. we got the rights. We're going to package it's, your hack in with yep. it because what are you going to say?" And hey, we're going <sighs> to distribute it, and bang, there it is, nine bucks. I, I and, think
0: what we're yeah, I think mm-hmm. what we're just saying is we're really disappointed in this year's E3. But I mean, every E3 has pretty much been a disappointment since like two thousand one.
1: You're I've watched a few in things something you haven't seen.
0: I've watched. I've watched bits of all the conferences. They're all the frickin' same.
1: Like here's some footage. Disappoints me.
0: uh, What are you guys? What are you excited about? Beyond Good and Evil two. That that uh, is a thing. I know it's um,
2: pretty gruesome. Uh, I was the new Wolfenstein Two looks pretty swank. Okay, I,
1: I was actually that's most good. impressed by how dismayed Hunter was to <laughs> find out that Kingdom Hearts Three was going to be on the Xbox. Yeah, he, he no, didn't he believe lost me. An
2: exclusive. That is the most.
0: I thought like, all the Kingdom Hearts games were Sony things, weren't
2: they? No, well, that's what Kingdom everybody Hearts thought 3 until is totally going to be on Xbox. Oh like, shit! That and that's, that blew my freaking mind. Wow.
1: Like I. Oh. Wow, and then and then Sony, uh, as far as you know, people are like, VR is dead. It's not getting any adoption. Oh, Sony came out like swinging on VR. They got what did they but, show? Like ten things that are VR. The problem?
2: Problem? I mean, they're making VR games, but the problem is, is you're only like appealing to a portion of your audience that actually has invested in the PSVR. Mm-hmm. Not every single PS4 yeah. owner has a PSVR. So like, yeah. right? You're well, only I mean, I well, mean they're advertising it, these games just like any other VR like seller yeah. would be. Well, it's, like, well but... it's
1: the chicken and egg problem, right? It's like everybody's like, well, I'm not going to buy a VR thing because there's no games. Well, we're not going to make games because nobody bought the VR thing.
2: Well, look on right? Steam, dude. So,
1: so they're like, look, man, we're going to make... Yeah, but all this stuff on Steam <sighs> is jank, though. It's, it's all we, mini how games How do we know
2: that the stuff that they're coming out <laughs> with isn't going to be jank <laughs> Because either. it's like, Skyrim I
1: mean. and Fallout.
2: I mean, and you're two doomed. games, two these are, these are two games that you can, I'm sorry we're getting into this argument, but those are two games that you can already play right now without VR. All the other games that they're showing, you have to have VR in order to play them.
0: Uh-huh. And your co-host Hunter.
2: Hi, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just saying, I'm, just saying like, I'm glad that they're doing VR stuff, and that's great that they are. But yeah. you're only, I mean, you can't say that Sony did like a major impression when it's just like, okay, that's great, I can't play it. Right, I but th- I, but, uh, yeah. but admit
1: whenever I showed but you, but isn't their VR?
0: I'm sorry, isn't there VR, VR rig cheaper than the VR. PC VR rigs by isn't, by half? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't that make it and, just that and, much more accessible
1: well, already? Well, here's here's the killer thing: is you can take that PlayStation VR, plug it into your PC, and install a driver, and it thinks Steam thinks that's a Vive, Ooh! and you're good to go. Ooh. Yeah.
2: That's so, sexy. Uh,
1: Trinus makes it. It's it's they've they've done Trinus 3D uh, again. Stream to your phone again, and now it'll go to the PSVR, you're, and it works.
2: You're talking about you're talking about Steam. I can't play any of Sony's stuff, so yeah. yeah anyway. But
1: you, but the thing is, though, <sighs> um, if if you buy the PSVR and you have a PlayStation, then you can use it in the living room there, or bring it into the computer. This is true. And play twice the games. Oh, I just didn't think and so. And many- your entire legacy. See, the, here's the beauty of Trinus. It will play your entire legacy PC game collection. You want to fire up GTA V, play in VR, boom, done. Really? Takes no tweaking. That's impressive. It's already got the profile in the app, two clicks, and you're doing it. I uh, love you people. You want to play like Battlefield 2? Do it.
0: I love people you know? so much. So
1: that's the beauty of it.
0: And your co-host Spaz. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Oh, that guy.
4: Yep. And <laughs> another opinion. <tangent.
0: laughs> <laughs> Sorry, folks. We we're very passionate here at the Space Game Junkie uh, Lounge, and uh, we we shoot the shoot the, the bull hockey all the time about this stuff. So uh, E three is passionate
1: a, about games, not with each other. It's not
0: that. Yeah, E three is a big uh, big deal still in a lot of ways, even though it's not as big a deal. But we're here to talk I'm about kind of a, a game. I'm kind of a big
1: deal. Entertainment
2: Electronics Expo.
0: And it's funny, I yeah. still have a sweater from my last E3 in 2002 and I wore it the other day. I'm like, oh yeah, that's this week.
1: Man, that's, you lasted a year longer than me. I've had some it, people, was actually. It, was it terrible? Because, okay, so they had the God booth, right? Gathering the developers. 2001 um, was the last good year. 2002, 2002 yeah. was not as great as 2001. 2001.
0: Yeah. yeah, 1999, yeah, 2000, and 2001 were amazing. And then after that, it was like... Oh, yeah. what happened? Well, I
1: went all three years, but I don't yeah. remember 2000. And that's because it was so good.
0: Yeah, 2000. You know, I, I got very, 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 I, very, very, very drunk and don't remember half the. Anyway, uh, we have a guest. Hi, guest. We have a guest uh, joining us from Potsdam, New York, which is just south of Canada, apparently. Uh, God, where
1: is it? Ryan Hewer. Oh, he across the board. Yeah, right. Swim. <laughs> Right, yeah, across, swim Niagara right across, right across the
0: border from uh, what's what's that? What's that chain over there up in Canada that everyone loves? That the Dunkin', chain, the, the 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 chain of restaurants, the Dunkin' Donuts type, the uh, Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons, yeah, Tim uh, which Hortons. I which yeah, I've never treasure. which I've never been Take to. Advice. I hear it's amazing.
3: Yeah, once you once you switch to Tim Hortons, you uh, you kind of you're done. They have you. You're not going back from that. <laughs> what do they got? Oh, it's the same, same stuff you get anywhere. You know, it's the same, you know, donuts and coffee and anything else. They're just, they're just better at it. It's
1: just better tasting coffee, better tasting donuts. Oh, okay. It's just good stuff. I thought it was like magical, like skyline chili. Like
3: we're not talking, you know, uh, we're not talking Krispy Kreme here. Like this isn't a game changer. This isn't going to wreck your world. But
0: it's comfort food. It's, it's very good. It's comforting. Like Dunkin' Donuts is to an East coaster like me. It's like, it's like comforting. Um, so I get it. I've heard they, it's very And they good. have
1: the best of coffee, really, like the Starbucks stuff. And then you, you have donut shop coffee and it's like, wow, why is this so better?
0: Yeah. Nicole, yeah. Nicole doesn't really understand why I love Dunkin Donuts coffee. She just, she thinks Starbucks is better. And I'm like, sure, if you like burnt, but that's okay. Uh,
1: that a machine or <laughs>
0: no, no, no. Those are so wasteful. And the coffee's not that good.
1: I know. The yeah, co- but they got donut shop coffee
0: there. Yeah, but it's 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 all right. But I mean I'd rather actually go to a donut shop and get their coffee rather than waste it on a freaking Kirk. Um Ryan is
3: here. <laughs> Sorry, Ryan. <laughs> That's I, all good. I got a fidget spinner, I'm set. There's a game.
1: <laughs> oh my god. This is it, dude. You make you make the game. I'm just
3: I'm like, like, hey, you guys spinner. talking?
1: They're talking. <laughs> Hey, so on, no, I'm, on I'm mobile. I'm really happy to be here on your, your E3 podcast, too. No, this is it. This is it. I, I figured it out. This is the business model. This is great. So what you do, you make a mobile app that is a variety of fidget spinners, and you can just spin it on the screen, and it will spin. And then you have DLC that is different fidget spinners. I'm sorry.
2: I can't and, stop.
1: And retire. I'm sorry. Digital fidget
0: spinners. Uh, Ryan, that, I'm, I'm fucking crying. Excuse my language. I'm crying. That was great. No, folks, we're, like the entire conversation up to us going live was talking about fidget spinners. I'm not even kidding. So that's why that was so goddamn funny. Oh, okay. No, we're here to talk about a game called Deep Sixed. Deep Sixed. And it's not a submarine game, though. That would be a great no. name
1: for a submarine game. You know, I actually. did find that somewhat confusing. <laughs> that it was, <laughs> did not in any way you, you
2: know what? what, you know what, what? It, it kind of is... You know, you, play it long enough. you play it long enough, you'll get Deep Six.
0: You know what, it kind of is very submarine-y. There is, you got whale, you got like sea life and stuff, it is very submarine-y,
3: uh, honestly.
1: Which- you know, we,
3: we kind of just, we sat down, we were, I remember we were sitting down with the art team in the room, and they were... We're trying to figure out where we wanted to go with the aliens. We wanted a whole bunch of kind of alien animal monster creatures that live in this nebula. And we started throwing some sketches out. And, yeah, you know, we were like, well, what would they look like? Will they be kind of floating around in gases? They'd be pushing gases around. You know, let's find some really weird underwater sea life and, and see where we go from there. And at first it was, you know, oh no, it's too close. It's too, it's too under ocean. It's too deep sea kind of influences, but no, I love it. I, I think we, we embrace it. We get ahead of it. Um, This is a game about space whales.
1: You know, whenever I first saw the game, like I, I watched a video from the other day where you were playing through and it was the, you know, stuff on the ship's breaking. So you're like running around the ship fixing stuff. And then there there was like giant space critters that were ramming the ship, yeah. and your mission was to like take pictures of them. And I was like, oh my god, FTL and Pokemon Snap had a baby. <laughs> and what but what, I, what I really want though is like you open one of the lockers. Yep. And there's a fidget spinner. Oh, my God. Like, what the hell that? do I do with this? But then you meet aliens and it's like a first contact thing. And, and it's like, what the hell could they possibly want? They're about to kill me. And then you give them a fidget spinner.
3: OK, I'm going to I'm actually going to write this down breaking. right now. I'm going to leave that for the design. Love um, it. My design. Notes Love it. For Incorporate fidget spinners. Yeah. Add fidget spinner to inventory. I swear to you, next <laughs> Update. our next update, you're going to see a fidget spinner in there but you gotta make it somewhat you gotta make it like
0: useful for some reason like something has to be fixed with the no, fidget spinner no, no, no.
3: it
2: shouldn't be at all it oh, be really? like, what do I do with this the entire time I've got it
0: just takes up thing. a space in the inventory I need for duct tape
3: what happens uh, is when you use it when you put it in the use section you'll blank out for a whole five minutes you <laughs> <and like> advance <laughs> <Your advanced> time <laughs>
1: And when you like come out, of it, <laughs> what? oh my, god. oh my god! That would be, that would be amazing. Would really be like the in Skyrim, like you're like, <laughs> you're like shit. <laughs> it's, oh god! It's it's
3: oh my
2: god.
1: Like, where where it's we, like- we, There'll
3: be a little when we when we do when we do <laughs> difficulty modes, we'll have a little, little switch that says fidget spinner, wire end. And if you click Y, you have that option to just space out. And whatever happens, happens. What goes on in those five minutes, you have no control over. Oh, my God. Well, no. It'd, I, it'd this be is like, why I love you're talking to fans. Is your ideas are better than mine could ever be. That's brilliant. I love it. So,
1: so when you're playing Skyrim, right, and it's like, oh, the shop's not open. I've got to kill, like, five hours until this no, place don't. opens. You know, your and you hit T. The- <laughs> So wait, and it, you hit T, and it pulls out a fidget spinner. It's like, how long would you like to spin? And you spin it that many times, and that's each each spins an hour.
0: And the it's different metals really made for spinning. the fidget spinner determines how well it spins. Is it a Daedric oh, fidget could, spinner?
1: No joke, no joke. Oh my no god, joke you could get it. a phone app for this. Wait, what? Oh, uh, wait, wait. Uh, I'm already busting. Wait a minute, what are, are you talking about, that. dude? They developed that so fast because I just said like five minutes ago. Yeah.
0: I needed a phone app. <laughs> Oh my These god, I'm on freaking it, man. <laughs> <laughs> no deep six, <Wow>. uh, friends. <laughs> try to stand up.
1: Would fidget um, spinners be Dwemer technology? Like you go down in the in the... Ancient oh, that's
0: totally Dwemer technology. Absolutely, but you yeah. can craft them from different materials. Is what I'm saying. So you could have a dragon bone fidget spinner and a daydrake fidget spinner. You a know,
2: dragon bone fidget. Absolutely. <laughs> f- <laughs> <laughs>
1: Wait, I'm going... Why hasn't there been a mod already- made for that?
2: <laughs> Sci- <laughs> scientists scientists have uncovered at this ancient, you know, homos, homo erectus, homo sapien, like, crossover. There's, like, a fidget spin. Bo- bit of bones. It's there.
0: <laughs> My God. it's They've always been here. <laughs>
2: The fidget There's spinner has always been one that comes out. And it's, <laughs> and it's playing with a
1: fidget spinner. Do, do, do. No, in that in that new movie with with Tom Cruise, the the no. mummy, right? And they crack open comments <laughs> tomb, and he's got a fidget spinner, and it's like, oh my god, ancient wonders! They had magic. This is how the pyramids got done. At
0: Dunkirk, the, the soldiers pyramid. threw fidget spinners at the German planes to get them off track. So that's how they got. That's how they successfully got <laughs> off the beach.
1: Yeah. And they, they had they had magnets in them, right? So it threw up the bomb sets whenever they were trying to, bomb. like oh the beast teens, and fly. Anyway,
3: <laughs> seriously, I tell you guys, oh, I've never loved not talking about Deep Six so much. Ah. Oh my
0: god, okay, I, I, my eyes are full of tears. My eyes are so full of tears it. right
2: now.
1: <laughs> so Deep Six, hey, you, yes. Uh, oh oh yeah, my god. That. Also, also, oh, that it reminds <laughs> me somewhat of Objects in Space, which is a game <laughs> that I've been... Yeah, playing yeah, playing we haven't actually teams. played it's that. Like, it's like... But, but yeah, but we, it, the thing, the best thing about that game is the thing that you're never going to get with the game, which is that, that giant desk-sized console that they built that's got all the flip switches and crap uh, that they take to the cons. I want that. That's beautiful. I it's, want it's that. It's like you got a car key with a rabbit foot on it, and uh, you start your spaceship. And... Anyway, but this game I, as I close
3: absolutely to- love uh, like when we saw objects in space immediately we were all thinking, "Oh my gosh, is this too close to deep sixth? should we be worried no. we see where they've gone with it um and yeah that that box that they built for it, that rig for it is just amazing, and see,
0: uh, I, yeah sorry I was gonna say I think there's room for both because you take a uh, you take a slightly less realistic, more kind of fun, cartoony tack with it. I mean, you can just tell with your graphics. That, and that's uh, something
3: that's really a part of our company. All of our games um, – I'm actually not physically capable of making games that take themselves too seriously. Good. Um, <laughs> every Everything that's ever come out of Little Red Dog Games has always been, you know, 60 percent, oh, that's interesting conversation, 40 percent, what is wrong with these people? Um and I look, at, I look at what's come out with Objects in Space, the right it, place. it looks like a lot of fun. I it looks say, like Hunt for Red October. You, you know, know it, that,
2: it's- that mindset, though, sorry to interrupt, but that mindset reminds me of why I think this game looks like a Sierra Adventure game, because anytime I play a Sierra oh. Adventure game, I think to myself, what the hell were they thinking? <laughs> <This is> ridiculous. <laughs> and this has that same kind of, like, what am I looking at? <laughs> but it's fun.
3: I have to. So admit- with, our, with our first game, our first game was a, a geopolitical strategy game set in the Middle East called uh, Rogue State. And you can always oh, tell who's played it and yeah. who hasn't played it. Because the people that have played it are like, oh, it's really interesting, especially now with the Middle East situation being what it is, blah, 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 blah. And the people that have played it, they're like, yeah, I thought I was playing a strategy game. Then a giant talking chicken came on the screen and started declaring war against me. And, like, that's just the kind of games we write, is games that are kind of weird and kind of random and, and will surprise you. Um, and don't take himself too seriously. We really okay, are going I have to for p- I have to
0: play this now. I own it. I actually own it. But it? Then we,
1: I'll send you a key. No,
0: it's, I own it. I actually own it. Already. Yeah, we already have haven't
1: played oh, it. Great. We just haven't got to the talking chicken. I'm, I'm curious if we bomb the talking chicken or, like, we send a drone strike to, like, kill the chicken yeah. and then we declare mission accomplished then, wow. I don't I'm know. You. I, I, the not chicken go has play a this.
3: backstory, and it's
1: up. If it's a talking <laughs> chicken, it better have a backstory. You it's don't just drop super that dark. shit in the game um, and don't wow. explain it.
3: <laughs> and, like, it's, such a, it's such a kind of a a light game, Rogue State, but I'm amazed that we have fans, and I'm like, why are you a fan of this game? I'm not even a fan of this game, and I've been working on it for two years, and they're like, it's just so weird. <laughs> Um, and, it's mostly positive. It. It's, it's mostly great. positive on Steam. It's it's yeah you yeah. Good um, the people that that like what we're doing like it a lot, and uh, we're we've changed the thematics one hundred percent, but not the tone. Uh, and with Deep Six, it's um, actually you know, when it, when it comes to influences, one game that really comes to mind is uh, FTL is definitely one when it comes to managing the the power distribution on the ship. But another one is Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> And, yes. and like when I, I remember sitting down, this was in the very, very early sketches of the game. And I'm sitting down with uh, one of our artists and i was trying to get him on to to see the vision that, that we were working with. And he wasn't quite there. And I tried to reference Keep Talking. And he's like, I haven't played that. And I said, All right, you know what a bop it is? And he's like, you mean that toy for kids? I'm like, yeah, imagine a bop it in space. This is that game. This is the game where you bop it, you spin it. You twist it. You, you press the button. You know? Like you are, you never stop moving. And if you if you stop doing what you're doing, if you take a minute, take a breath, and go, ah, mission accomplished, you will probably die.
0: Ah, oh, I dig that.
3: So yeah, it's it's keep talking and nobody explodes. But we've we've got a plot. Um, it's a lot larger. Um, it, a bit more. Um, I would say ambitious in terms of scope than keep talking. Um, and. Uh, And it's single player uh, and it's the, the things that you're focusing on as a player are going to be as much inside the ship as outside the ship. So while you're looking at the space monsters and trying to knock them down and keep them from tearing your ship to shreds at the same time, you're like, Oh my gosh, a fire's just broken out over here. I need to deal with that. Oh wait, the scanner stopped working over here. I've got sparks going off over here and it's, it's about chaos management.
1: Yeah. Um, Spaz, what is that, that game? Is it Space Alert? Yes. The board game? Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's yeah, we got that's us there
3: too. Vladishevtau's uh, Space Alert is a major, major influence to the game as well. I've
0: never heard of Space Alert. I'm so space Alert is it's a
4: real-time... It's real-time. You've got... It's cooperative. It's you against the events that are thrown at you. And And I'm shocked shitless
1: nobody has made a PC version of that yet because that would be beautiful to play multiplayer over the internet with people. Just everybody yelling at it.
3: Right. So, uh, so It's it's a little bit like, I don't know. I imagine I don't have the VR thing going on, but I imagine that bridge commander is, is kind of the same concept in action. Everyone has a piece of the pie. Everyone has something that they're working on. Everyone has limited information, and they're trying to coordinate through each other.
1: Yeah, and well, Spaz worked on Quintet, which is a, a game very much like that Star Trek thing that just came out. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, it supports up to five people, but you can you can do smaller ships than that. We had a lot of fun with it. That's why we let him back here.
4: Uh, eventually, they let me out of my cage. and. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So uh we. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry.
4: Good. Oh, uh, I, I was just going to say, uh, along those same lines, there is a lot of that chaos management. That yeah, you're trying to figure out what you want to do inside the ship, as well as deal with all the outside threats.
3: And it it's a recurring theme. Actually, it's the same with Rogue State as well. As both are games um about push, it, trying to postpone entropy, and uh, you've got a system. It's a beautifully working system. And it's going to deteriorate. And with uh, Deep Six, it's uh, a roguelike. And it's, uh, um, it's also got, you know, so it's got your permadeath attributes and so forth with it. And regardless of whether or not you have a successful mission or a terrible mission, it's still going to increase the difficulty. So you'd better make sure you have a successful mission, or the game's going to get harder either way, and you got to make do with what you have. Um, and one thing I really like about Deep Sixth is there's no hand-waving that goes on at all. When you break your ship during a mission and you bring it back, if you send it back out again, it's still going to be just as broken as when you left it. If you want to conduct a repair, you better order the parts in advance and then start literally working on your ship trying to fix it before you send it out again. Um, and the idea is it's you, you decide as the captain what's important to fix, what you can live without, um, what things you want to put a lot of time, effort, and, and money into repairing, and what kind of things you're just going to do a, a clutch for. You know, oh, I'll just stick some duct tape on it. It'll, it'll be fine. It'll be fine.
0: And I, I, I have to say, one thing I love about the game is the manual that tells you pretty much exactly how to fix everything, which is great, but you might not have the thing you need to fix it or... Or you uh, you might have to find it in your locker, in one of the lockers somewhere. So it's not like, oh, I have the instructions, but <laughs> – which is really great, actually, because it just adds tension. that
3: may-
1: <laughs> Yeah, it's really like RTFM the game. Well, that that kind of calls back to the keep talking thing, right? Because you have like one person that's trying to read the manual to the other person that's like trying to defuse the bomb or whatever, right?
3: And one thing that we, we really kind of want to look into going forward um, – and we'll probably realize this concept closer to launch, is I want that manual to be a physical thing as much as as a virtual thing. So if people want to play it, like Keep Talking, if they want a two-player co-op this thing and have one person scrambling through the manual to figure out the repair techniques and bark orders at somebody else, they have that flexibility.
0: Oh,
1: that would be yeah, PDF it, and then they can print it out and put it in a three-ring binder. How hard can it be?
0: Uh, not that hard. And the manual is actually really, really nice. It's, it's well-written. It's, 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 kind of fun. Like I would, I was telling you, I would love an a actual physical copy of it. Like uh, a I think display.
3: that's something that's going to be in our future. We are going to, I, I'm pretty sure we're going to do like PDF copies of the manual. The manual, uh, again, the game's in a, in an early alpha state right now. So the manual is always in flux and we're always looking for feedback from our testers as to how we can improve it, make language more clear um, but one of our, our major principles is uh, avoid text whenever possible. If it can be illustrated through doodles, diagrams, and, and pictures, um, always go that way. People learn better that way. And it's going to be a lot better for localization as well if we have less text to translate. Fair point.
0: Yeah, and, and again, it's a really nice uh, feature. Now, uh, one of the things I that drove me crazy about the demo, and I really like the demo, is the... L- are there keyboard commands in there or do I and I uh, not in find... the
3: demo but okay. in the next update we're we're putting in the the keyboards for quick thank, switching between rooms. Thank, and that was just a, a silly oversight thank uh, god. there's no reason why that shouldn't be there Thank
0: god I was actually yeah, getting a pa- I was actually getting a mild panic attack playing this game and like oh I got oh,
3: the, ba- the oh god yeah it's one of those things where uh, we we had it in our our dev copy and when we blocked out you know, uh, uh, cheat codes and commands and that sort of thing—they accidentally got blacked out, blocked out as well. So the next, uh, the next update's gonna have keyboard switching and fidget spinners. <laughs> Keyboard, yeah, keyboard switching, fidget spinners. We've also got a new update coming out in a day or two um, where you'll have fire mechanics. Fires will now spontaneously broke, oh, break God down. Oh, damn it. Out. What? <laughs> yeah, just because the game... I thought the game was too easy for you guys. Son of so, a bitch! So hey. fires are going to spontaneously break out, break out when the hull takes on too much damage and you get a lot of exposed frayed wires. And those are super dangerous because they spread from non-critical equipment to life-threatening equipment pretty swiftly. You have a fire extinguisher that can help you deal with small fires, but when it gets out of control, you need to depressurize the the whole cabin, and that's kind of a big deal and a giant pain in the butt.
1: Well, does, do you uh, have a finite amount of oxygen, so if you depressurize it and then you have to make a choice, do I repressurize it or do I just let it go?
3: It will lock you out of that space for a period of time that will be just long enough to be like, I can't deal with this. Um so it's you know depressurizing is a is a time sink in terms of giving you limit limiting your access. Um, also, what's interesting is when it comes to fires, the um, the smoke that accumulates from fires, and we're just putting the finishing touches on these mechanics today, um, will actually spread based on how your ventilation system is set up. So if you've got your vents spinning in a very specific way, let's say all the air is circulating clockwise the ring of the ship, the smoke will circulate clockwise through the vents and that'll be an indication as to, oh man, something's wrong, because you're going to find out something's wrong before your AI tells you.
1: Wow, well, is the direction of the vents already a thing that's in the game? Yeah, I, so uh, your
3: vents see it. break down um, and wow. when vents have software or hardware malfunctions, they can break down multiple ways. They can have clogged vents, jammed vents, or they can have the software drivers that control the vents fail um, regardless uh, you can work around that by recirculating air from a different direction um, but uh, but yeah so there are vent mechanics right now and now that we have fires in play they're gonna be even more relevant
1: oh cool hey I just thought of of an idea stupider than the fidget spinner okay I think you're gonna love this now you have my attention right. so you remember in the in the 80s uh, they came out with I think it was Parker brothers that made it. It was uh Simon. Yeah. Okay. So imagine that there is a Simon game that is in one of the lockers. Okay. And then you encounter an alien ship and then much like close encounters, it wants to play <laughs> musical games with lights and sound. And then it turns out that the Simon game is actually a translator with which you can speak to the aliens.
3: Okay. Oh. I know. You, I know. You think that that's a terrible idea, but that is brilliant. Um, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something with that. I actually really like that. Um, we've got some new creatures. I mean, we're, we've only put in probably about half the creatures that are gonna feature in the game. There's probably gonna be about twelve at least. Hmm. Oh, um, um, and I, was, I have a
1: request about that too, because my handle, Alien Pickle. I, I'm thinking that the the alien mothership that comes on the screen should needs be to be a giant pickle. It needs to be a giant. Pickle. A giant pickle.
3: A giant pickle.
1: Yeah, it would be an alien. In fact, a race of alien pickles.
3: Some sort of alien you have pickle. To, okay. That
1: you have to talk to with the Simon thing to get them to the <laughs> fidget spinners with you.
3: All right. I'll leave a note Say we need some sort of pickle-shaped alien for a
1: Simon game misadventure and see how long it takes for them to mutiny. Yeah, because you make a, a, well, the Simon thing would be like a cute little mini game. Right. I think it's clever. I actually like this idea. I, I like it. I think it's get, something that we can you do. You can pull that. it out and actually play real Simon, and just be like, "Oh, is that it?" And then the one time when you encounter the the aliens and they show up and they're all like, "Boop, boop, 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 boop," and you gotta, and if you Simon get it wrong, it'll back. spawn a whole bunch of you know worms or something to tear your yeah. ship apart.
3: But if you get it right, they'll be like, "Boop, boop, boop, boop," and they kind of pull like a a Star Trek four, turn around and just head back out to where actually that is kind of alien pickle shaped as well. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That's true. You've convinced me you've sold it. Uh, That's as elevator pitches go, that's some of the best.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, right now the demo mission is to find a shipwreck and, uh, take a picture of it or bring back the thing, uh, the hypercube, if you can? You know, I I never could. You got to you got to retrieve that hypercube. I never could. Um, I've like three different attempts I was never able to. Like the probe always got killed. Um but, but then uh, the
1: hypercube turns out to be the cube from Hellraiser and you've got a whole nother problem because turns out that you actually saved the day by I- not bringing that thing home. <laughs> Oh, what? well the one thing that you know in thinking the the mission structure where it's like you go out and you explore sectors and it, it, it's kind of a it's kind of an endurance thing right like how long can i sustain this bullshit before i have to retreat back to the star base right
3: and there's a there's a real push your luck mechanic to it as well um where you're going to have a lot of real big incentives to scan one more sector um or to mine another little bit of whatever right uh-huh. and uh and you may think, all right, you know, I've got 20% hull. I, maybe I'll go for it, um, and hopefully nothing else will go wrong. And I want, yeah, I mean, I want players to kind of make that decision of, mm-hmm. you know, do I need to cut and run, or do I go a little bit further and, and take my chances?
1: Yeah, well, it's, it's kind of, in that way, reminds me a little bit of Weird Worlds. You know, Adventures in Infinite Space. I don't mm-hmm. know if you played that one, but it's a, it's a classic from way back. But that's that's the deal. It's, it's like... um like a uh, star trek but with a timer right you've got limited amount of fuel and push your luck and you know you might run into something that'll kill you or whatever but it, th- but then it's just like well c- how close can i cut my fuel before i have to retreat back to base
3: and there'll be upgrades that let you extend your the number of jumps oh, that you nice. can make your fuel capacity like there's a lot there's 30 something upgrades
1: in the game it's, oh my there's a lot going on there but so uh, if it's if it's permadeath right if you yep. die then you have to start from the beginning again that is correct yes but if but if you make it back to the base then you keep going out again and again and, until eventually you die right so
3: long as oh. you come back alive and in one piece the game keeps going as per the usual and your your mission doesn't end either so if your mission is scan 5 sectors and you you know you go you scan one sector get scared and come back and then go out scan one sector get scared come back um, the game will let you do that, but every time you come back, the game's going to get a little harder. So, if you want to complete a mission over, you know, s- three or four different chunks, that's fine. But those, but like the harder missions are going to ha- be a whole lot harder to get through. Yeah. So um, you want to
1: maximize. Ev- so you really, everything yeah, you really you want to make every trip. mission
3: count. Every time you go out, you really want to push your luck as much as possible. You really want to get as much of that mission, if not all of that mission, done. Because Mm. regardless of whether or not you completed mission one, you're still going to be playing mission one, but the difficulty Mm. level will be two.
1: So when you go back to the Starbase, because you said it doesn't repair your ship or anything, right? so so what kind of relief do you get by going back? So what
3: you'll do is Is um, the mission before, you'll get to requisition resources. You'll do things like, I need some extra hull plating to reinforce weak hull points. Um, I need a replacement, a whole bunch of replacement uh, circuits for circuit boards that are fried. Um, and basically anything that can break in the game uh, or perma-break in a mission um, can have a replacement part ordered. You know, I had a screen that blew out. Uh, I need a replacement screen. Um, I need some new glass for the windshield, that sort of thing. You order all that in advance, and mm. it'll arrive a mission later, which means you need to kind of predict at the very beginning what your needs are going to be because ordering it's going to cost you, um, requisition points, which you earn from completing mission objectives. Mm. So the idea is you order in advance, you go out there, your mission, you come back, you get a nice safe place in your space station to conduct your repairs, but you can only repair using what you've got, um, and what you've ordered from before. And if you overorder. um, then you're going to have fewer requisition points to do upgrades to make your spacecraft actually better with. If you under-order, you're going to be going back out to space with a, a rinky-dink spaceship.
0: That's, that's pretty awesome. That,
2: you know, that, yeah, that,
3: basically uh, I hate my players. I've got an idea for you. Go for it.
2: What, what if in one of your encounters, you encounter a Borg-like species? But instead of being all Star Trekky Borgy, they contact you like war games, and they're like, "Would you like to play a game?" And like, instead of a mini game of chess pops up, a mini game of checkers pops up, and if you beat the computer, they won't attack you.
1: But it could be 3D checkers. From <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's so. That's weird. like for the
1: dumb Vulcans. They play 3D checkers. <laughs>
3: We already, like, in the previous game, Rogue State, we threw in a, uh, a War Games reference in there as well. Like, when you, uh, when you try and nuke the world, it'll say, do you want to play a game just like that? It's just weird
1: that that's come up twice uh-huh. now. So what about, like, you get a mission where you have to go out and contact this super advanced race of aliens. But so when you get got- out there, you find out it's actually a trailer court in space. And it's very disappointing. They're they're
3: actually just shitty aliens that you don't yeah. want to talk to, and they're just the worst.
1: They're like alien neighbors that you look yeah, it's at, like, and you're like, they, oh they my god, in, I wish they'd move. They live in trailers. Their spaceships are up on cinder blocks. That terrible. should be
0: Earth. That should be Earth, <laughs> so, is so the space there's trailer, there's trailer there's park.
1: There's Sorry, that's a great
3: tagline. Deep Six, explore a trailer park in space. But I like the, the mission structure for this game, um, so we've got story missions that you know, involve expanding the relationship between the pilot of the ship and her artificial intelligence unit. And the artificial intelligence unit starts off the game being, being pretty stupid. And as the game progresses, um, that changes and the implications of the newfound intelligence of the artificial intelligence unit um, is interesting for, for the player. Um, is this, is having a super intelligent AI on my ship going to be good for me or bad for the human race? Um, And that's interspersed. That story is, is told in between um, procedurally generated missions, which are things that could be anything from like, you know, photograph these creatures to literally kill a whole bunch of these creatures, harvest their corpses and make some sort of Frankenstein whale monster out of it. Like there's (laughs) a whole bunch of, that's that's actually not officially in the in the mission list yet, though I have brought that up a few times with our team. But it could now be anything we
4: being yet, if, this was,
1: if, if this was Mass Effect, then the dialogue choices that you have with the AI would influence its opinion of you. And we if wanted you to pick the right go, thing, then you actually get to sleep with it. We actually wanted to go
3: uh, <laughs> branching endings. It would um, be great
1: boning in this game Yeah. Thing.
3: Yeah, I don't have the budget for branching endings, unfortunately. But it's one of those things that has always been there in our mind: is we'd love to be able to to have the player
1: influence and direct that story a little bit. Well, do do you get any choice in the dialogue that you have with the AI?
3: Very, very, very limited, um, okay. and and largely
1: superficial
3: um, in nature. the The story is the story, and the story is is told through accomplishing things. But everything goes on in the game itself: mm. designing your ship. Um. Every time you launch a probe, you'll be naming that probe, and that probe will have a personality. Um, Wait, what? And when your probe ultimately dies by being eaten by a whale, like the next probe that you buy will be like, "What the shit? <laughs> I didn't ask for this." Um, so, like probes, probes will literally like be very self-aware and be like, "Why do you send me? Why did you send my brother to die?" Kind of thing.
1: Oh. And if you name the probe, because you get to pick their name, you said right.
3: Yep, that's, if you, uh, that's name, kinda...
1: if you name the probe anal, then it should be very very upset with you. I love, it. You're not I love
3: it. We'll do that kind of fallout. You know, you pick a name and it'll just know. It'll speak its name back to you, and but only for anal.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's like are you kidding me? You could have named me anything, and yeah. Give uh, your probes a complex. So it's going to be. An- Sorry, go ahead it's kind of like you've seen dark star, right? Where oh, the yeah. game, it's like a complex. I haven't. <laughs> yeah. See,
0: <laughs> I know. I was waiting on that. I know. I need to, I the, still at need the to end see of it. the
1: show, we used to, we used to actually play the, the end credit music from dark star. That's the beginning the credit music. Kind of actually. It's
0: the beginning um, credit music.
1: I switched it up though. You haven't seen it.
0: I, no, but I watched it. Oh, you,
1: you put the country Western thing at the beginning of the show. No, 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 no. Oh, I see. The, I see
0: what you're saying. No, the 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 music how'd you was get from the Frank above the
1: beans. What or the, the beans? I don't know.
0: The music was from the beginning <laughs> of the movie, and I used to use it at yes. the end of our podcast. But now I've switched it up. After 200 episodes, I decided to go with something different for a little while. Uh, I don't know if no one's complained yet. I'm surprised.
1: Uh, no, no one listens that long. <laughs> yeah, probably uh, not. I haven't detected.
0: No no one gets to the end where it's the Han Solo song from Star Wars Connect, which is exactly what it is. Um uh, oh, no, p- apparently no one's gotten that far, I guess. Or people just don't care. Do the trash compactor. <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, you could you could put some kind of like uh like um necro dancer kind of like disco mini game in here or something. I don't know.
0: So, like, so, um, mean,
1: like strange, strange disco aliens. It would be like the Bee Gees from space.
0: So, you were saying no, that there are that. procedural genera- generated missions and story missions? Or is going to be like yep. a mix, like kind of like privateer, where you had like side missions you would do, and then every now and then a story mission would come up?
3: Uh, yeah. Well, what happens is, uh, you'll do a story mission to begin, um, and then you'll, uh, You'll be doing procedurally generated missions until you reach a threshold of accomplishment. So you've you've met a certain number of goals through those missions and then that'll open up another story mission and so on. And then then as you get to the end game, you come to a decision point where you can do what's easy, um, quit the game then and be like, hey, won the game and you get you know the shitty ending. Or you could be like, you know what? Let's play in hard mode. And it's not actually playing it over again. It's actually just an extra couple missions. But those missions are for um, sociopaths and and serial killers. Just insanely challenging missions altogether. Um, And that's how you're going to get the real ending, the, the really good ending, the satisfying ending.
0: So, like, how many missions do you have? Like a ballpark as to how many missions?
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, we're in one we, session. I would suggest probably around sixteen missions in this game. Um, but every like a single mission can take you to several sectors. A lot of things go wrong, and it's also you got to remember that there's a a permadeath element and a very steep difficulty curve with this game as well. So I didn't want to go much further than sixteen. It's got that kind of same progression as uh, Endless Dungeon. And they've got their, I think it's 12 floors that you go through. Yes. Um, but still a highly rewarding, very, very enjoyable game.
4: Oh, you mean Will Dungeon? The
1: talking chicken be making a game? Dungeon of the
4: Endless is what he's saying. Oh,
0: God. Yeah. yeah. We love that game. So
3: every single game that we do... Yeah, what did I call it? Endless Dungeon? <laughs> um, Dungeon every sing- of the Endless. Every single uh, game that we do at Little Red Dog is all part of the same shared universe, um, which is something that we we just decided on a whim. Wait, what? So we we did a a real kind of stupid throwaway game for charity called Conspirocracy, um, which is really all about a man who loses his identity and he has to go to a faraway country called Chicanistan to – figure out what's gone wrong and, and what's happened to him and reclaim his identity from a cult. Um, and that's where we came up with this, this despotic chicken. And we thought, well, let's just throw it into rogue state. Why not? And so there'll be little nods to rogue state in deep six. And then after that, we'll be producing our next game, which will be a sequel to rogue state, rogue state two. And that will have some nods to deep six. So there's always going to be that continuity for those that, that enjoy our games.
1: Yeah. That is amazing.
0: Do you have like a bible or something like a flowchart that keeps track of all these uh shared uh, universe bits? I've always wondered about that with like TV shows and books like how do you keep track of all the shared bits like that?
3: There's a lore book for um for pretty much all of our products, but it's not like a shared lore book. So Deep Six has a lot of information on the lore like if you were to look at the descriptions that exist for just the random minerals that appear in the nebula there's like extraordinary amounts of work that go into creating plausible explanations for what this mineral is, why it's valuable, what systems it's like even how the hyperdrive works is filled with so much um techno babble that I feel like I'm I'm writing for a Star Trek manual um and we've put all that lore together and we were offering it as we are offering it as rewards for Ah, uh, Kickstarter backers. Um, I'd love to put them in a hardcover book, um, along with some some beautiful uh, art and sketches and, and illustrations of our creatures. Um, our creatures all have very very you know specific taxonomies and and a lot of medical analysis as to how they work and how they live in space. So yeah, we we maybe overdo it a little bit on the lore side, but it works so well in Rogue State and people when people write to us and say, Oh man, I really love that character of, you know, Farouk or what was going on with the Karifi people. And, and I'm like, that's crazy that people got that invested in the lore of this very, very, you know, simple game. But so that's what we're going to, so there's a lot of backstory and there is kind of, there's a lot of material for us to be referencing.
1: Yeah. Cause I like games like red shirt. I love stuff like that. Cause it's yeah, weird. Yeah, Exactly. The weirder, the better.
4: Uh, There's a question from the Discord chat here, which is, um, with Permadeath, is there any progression with each new game like Everspace?
3: Uh, There there are no plans for that at this time. If the demand is there, we'll take a look at it, we'll think about it, but uh, uh, at this time... We I, like my my instincts are that we want to reward the player based on learned ability and skill rather than repetition, you know, kind of dark soulsing this thing and saying, well, I've played the same thing 100 times and I've leveled up the hard way. Like if you get better, it's because you've learned to manage things better. You've understand how repairs work better. It's actual learning that's occurred rather than you've got a bonus to a stat because you've played the game.
4: Right, right. Rather than just manipulating the meta of all of it. I don't you know,
3: yeah, and I just don't want to do it. Like I want players that finish this game to have bragging rights. I want those players to be able to turn to other players and be like, That was awesome, I can't believe I did that rather than saying, Well, you know, it took me, you know, a hundred hours, but thankfully I got the all the stats necessary that it was cap that I was capable of beating it. Um so it's a difficult game. Um, and I yeah and am I'm, I'm I'm not really feeling the whole uh,
1: reward with the metaphor yeah, playthrough yeah. thing yeah. Yeah. Maybe, yeah but I do but I, the, I do like how the game is sort of randomized though like the the stuff that's in your in your drawers and, and that is different you know different placement I don't know it, it, are you guaranteed to have the same items just in different places because that that was like the very thing, early level
3: everything will be there to fix your ship. Um, as time goes by, uh, some things are consumable. And if you don't order replacement parts or replacement you know, radiation pills or whatever, then you've decided you're going to make do without. Um, again, if you don't put it there, if you don't make it, um, then, then it's not going to change. Um, as far as what if things go missing, um, just to be consistent with the lore of the game, you know, it's a ship. You're the only one on that ship and you park it at a space station. It doesn't really make a lot of sense for us to start taking things away. No, but whenever but you more and first more
1: start, start, you don't know where all your junk is. So you no, exactly. So
3: And when you arrive, um, yeah, you, you don't really know what kind of a state your ship's going to be in. And it's not until you take it out there that you're going to have a chance to check it out and kick the tires a little bit.
0: So you're basically not gonna. You're basically gonna learn as you go as to how uh, how much your ship can handle. It sounds like.
4: Uh, pretty much, yeah. Oh, it's terrible. But we've also noticed. <laughs> we've also noticed that that when it comes to repairs, what you need to do to repair or the settings you need to set for your laser, for example, those are different every time. They're that, not always yeah, static.
3: Yeah, that's true. That does change with every um, with every gameplay. Um, and I I we have not set it so that the um, and I guess the reason for that is I want to discourage players memorizing the codes for things. So when they see a certain pattern, I don't want players to be like, oh, that's click, 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 click. I want them to look at the manual, at least at the very beginning. Um, but. Uh, yeah, like between missions, the combinations that, of switches that you're flipping buttons that you're pressing should be pretty consistent in fact they will be completely consistent
4: No, it's just randomized at the beginning of every playthrough
3: that's correct yeah and that's to stop um, walkthroughs giving you instant answers um and players memorizing
1: combinations
3: so yeah, um,
1: sorry go ahead uh, well, whenever we were talking before, before you showed up, uh, Spaz and I were having a conversation that this uh, one thing that the game kind of inspired me uh, as far as a game idea, um, which is a, a different animal, right? But it would be like, what if you had a, a game with a spaceship that you stole and you didn't know how to fly it? Cause it was like some alien crap and none of the controls are labeled and it's about as complex as, as a, a jet airliner cockpit and then you randomly <laughs> reassign the function it's, of the buttons every I mean, day it's like it's
2: like, yeah. it's like star trek 4 engines are my speciality speaking klingon now that's hard
3: like i think it's a great idea i i think uh i, I wish you had pitched that to us a couple of years ago
1: actually well no this could be another game just call it like my spaceship is an asshole
3: yeah like I like the idea of, you know, you don't know what happens when you stick your finger in this orifice, but apparently the ship lurches forward when that
1: happens. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of like keep keep a notebook, right? And start writing down controls. Like, what did that do? I don't know. It made a weird noise. But the only way a game like that would really
3: be fun is if everyone's spaceship reacts differently to different stimuli. You know, if you're in the the alien spaceship and you're like, oh, did you tickle it right here? Like well, why would I do that? And they're like, well, that's how you open up the torpedo bay or or whatever. That would be kind of cool. It'd be like that that episode of Battlestar Galactica where uh, where Kara's kind of crawling into the crawling into Cylon ship and just tugging randomly oh, at yeah, things and nerves that. and things to make it move.
0: Great episode.
4: Well, the layout could be completely the same, but but
1: but the the but responses the which, are different.
4: Yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: Yeah, it's like you push one button and the trunk pops open. It's like, oh, that? Oh, ship's on fire. And the the idea that you are being pursued while that's
3: going on, so you have to kind of figure it out as you go. I think you're going to piss off a lot of players, but boy, would that game ever be a lot of fun.
0: Yep. Well, that kind of leads into a question I was going to ask, because you said there were all these upgrades for different systems. So when you upgrade a system, does that mean the procedure for repairing it is different than the last
3: Um, upgrade? Okay, so there's two... We have upgrades that will make systems more reliable, so they'll make systems less likely to fail. Um, they've got upgrades that will improve your just ability to survive, things that make you stronger, things that make you able to travel more, things that also give you a better sense as to what you're getting into. So we'll scan space and let you know, oh, hey, there are some aliens here, and they're pretty scary. You should probably avoid them right now. Um but one thing that is not yet implemented and we've been talking a lot about this is being able to discover new kinds of repairs um and i again I, it's not a it's not a fully fleshed out mechanic right now but it would be great if for example you've got an email system that you use to communicate with corporate lackeys back on earth and it'd be great if you if you befriended a lackey or you know, went the extra mile to help one, um, they would give you some indications on some new ways of repairing things that you may not have considered. You know, have you considered putting this universal control chip in here and pressing these buttons in this order? That'll help you out a whole lot. So being able to unlock new ways of repairing old equipment, I think is a, a nice incentive for a player. Um, Could you but that's that? one of those mechanics that, that is a, a late
1: concept and we're still trying to flesh out what that would look like. Could you do that with like an NPC that's, that's like, I don't know, an engineer. And, and it's like, Hey, if you're out there and and you find like a roll of space toilet paper and you bring it back, you know, that would be great. I'll teach and, you something. And we do so those almost of kind of
3: of objectives. In fact, the, uh, your, your corporate overlords um, are really interested in your killing a whole bunch of creatures, bringing back their entrails for study um, and helping them kind of use that so maybe if you go the extra mile and you know take some good documented photographs observe some behavior and and do some cool stuff for those guys maybe if you retrieve some of their lost spacecraft but you have a um, yeah, they'll, they'll throw a bone your way you know teach you have a new way of
1: duct taping a wire do you have a uh, limited cargo capacity like you have to make hard decisions about what am i going to take back Uh, Not at this point, no.
3: There isn't a whole lot. Like for retrieval, you're really going to be retrieving asteroids or uh, spacecraft components. Um, And a lot of, like the game does not, at least in the early stages, demand retrieval. In fact, even having a probe that you can use to retrieve things is an upgrade. Like when your game starts, you won't have that probe at all. And when your probe dies... It stays dead, of course. So you got to go out and shell out for a brand new probe, and then name it and teach it to not hate you. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, um, the, yeah. As far as retrieval is concerned, you're really only going to be retrieving minerals, spacecraft parts, um, hyperdrive cubes, and, and things like that.
0: I guess the uh, limits come from how much you can have in your lockers and your personal inventory.
3: Yes. Yeah, the inventory is going to be a meaningful but not like game breaking limit. It just stops you from stuffing yourself with a right. whole bunch of fuel cells.
0: Sure, yeah, of course. No, um,
3: as far as your spacecraft's hold limit is concerned, um, no, nah, I hadn't really put in any plans to limit the size on that because it's not. There's not a lot of like it's the whole game is not built around retrieving per se. Hmm.
1: Okay, I keep waiting on a game to to make inventory management literally Tetris as a joke. Just,
3: uh, <laughs> like all the little the little things that you have to hold up to have to be arranged and they're yeah, falling exactly. very slowly and then, into and your they're, inventory. and they're
1: shaped exactly like Tetris blocks. Oh, that's great. So yeah, I love them it. Into the...
4: well, so, well Diablo kinda did that. Dungeon you know, scene, you know, sorta, yeah. Dungeons well, I mean, I mean, feels I'm like, I'm
3: like that. falling. And if you don't get it in place, it's just it blocks up your inventory permanently.
1: Oh uh, I think people would. No, have people, that. You know,
3: I think people that would. would hate that. that would
1: be like a, a complete terrible way to do the mining stuff in Elite Dangerous. Oh, come is on. as your probes are out picking up rocks, you have to Tetris them into the. Into the as if it's the, not um, terrible now. I know it's it's completely shitty. I'm just saying, like, Braben could make it just that. Just, just make, it worse. Worse make it worse. You could make it that much edge. worse
0: by making it Tetris like.
1: I know it's like this is a this is a thyroid torture device here. Uh,
0: yeah, great <laughs> so are the universes in uh, Deep Six randomly generated as well or is it the same yep, map the universe every time
3: is randomly generated.
0: Nice. I love things with random generation
3: it's and uh, we really do plan to fill it with a whole bunch of just weird shit that'll keep
1: Yay!
3: you That's I don't great even thing. want to tell you what's in it because no, I want you to explore it and be like what is that what is going on there you guys are crazy.
0: No, that's that's the thing. Not enough space games have the weird shit cuz space is probably full of weird shit. And yeah, it's always like insect aliens, cat aliens. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Give me something really fucking weird. Like like a shark head with human feet like in uh, Moana. Or something something really just like what is this? You
3: know? Yeah, we. I kind of want to go for that Fallout 2 vibe, where you're just walking around randomly, aimlessly, and then you see something, and you're like, why is that here? What is that all about? And it's just, you know, it has nothing to do with the plot. It's not going to advance anything. It's just a thing to reward you for exploring and make you go, well, that was super weird.
0: Well, that's one thing I loved about Star Trek The Next Generation, is they had some episodes where they went, excuse my language, batshit insane.
3: Like oh we're gonna turn I'm, these four I'm doing crew. The thing men- right now we're we're watching all those episodes one after another and oh, we started no. with season one and Why? holy shit that's that that's that season does not stand no the test of time it well doesn't no
0: no seasons one or two for the most part are garbage uh, <laughs> but I'm talking about like episodes where even like this these are later episodes I'm thinking of like the ones where oh these four crew members are gonna get turned into children huh
3: or or oh,
0: the ship has or become. No, oh,
3: hey, we've got a planet full of Native Americans. By the way, Wesley's God. Yeah. Or oh, the ship's become sentient. Now
0: it's a giant pyramid.
3: <laughs> or the best. You know, you know what? Or the what best be
0: one. Sorry. Go ahead. Or the best one is where oh, we're gonna make this entity live in a candle and have sex with Doctor Crusher. Like
4: yeah, that was the somebody worst. Somewhere
3: said, You know what we need is I a got little, a
1: mental Fucking about, episode I not like. <laughs> A good old. Did you say a good old candle fucking episode? Is that what
3: you yeah, said? A good old ghost fucking wow. episode <laughs> on this one. We got two so. characters to choose from: Deanna, definitely draw straws. Who's gonna fuck this Scottish ghost? They're, they're both pretty useless. Beverly sadly, this time. Like so you so want, what about like, what about, about right. and, like, and, you and Deanna, know, Deanna Troy? Had just one big had, coke party. And Deanna oh. Troy
2: already had like the Jesus child at that one episode. So oh God,
3: right. <laughs>
0: Oh my God! Right, I forgot about so, that one.
1: Take it away, Bev. Tell <laughs> yours. <It's Yeah>. <laughs> Troy uh, had like a big Coke nail like through the whole thing too. And so <laughs> that's what gave her powers. She, uh, she had to like go to. But uh, since you are angry with me, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what What I, if I, she could I, tell I, moods on people, but she had to smell them? Like she could smell moods, and then she'd just walk. See,
0: so yeah, that's really the kind really of weird shit, shit of that like science fiction doesn't do enough of. I think is like, yeah, it's yes, I can sense. You- right, I can sense your thoughts, but I have to get really close and smell you first. That's the only <laughs> way it works.
3: That sounds like Babylon Five shit, right there. That's the kind of thing that that's a show that just went
4: weird, and I loved it for that because it it wasn't afraid to take those risks.
3: So that's what need, we're aiming for. I think to we're give aiming it for, we're, we're aiming for a game that people are going to remember because it was just so, just so different. It was just weird. And, and that's, that's, that's our value added here. An affordable game that makes you talk.
1: So yeah. what about oh. they encounter intelligent, artificial, like a, a, a hyper-advanced artificial intelligence, right? It's, like, it's almost like the whale probe you know, in star Trek four, yep. right? But they, but they meet these things and these entities actually turn out when they learn the history that they, they are the last remaining machines from this great civilization that unfortunately made sentient sex toys. And they are actually, uh, and there would be like two, there's like Adam and Eve, right? Cause Adam and Eve store. Um, but, you know, so it would actually be like, intelligent marital aids from some long lost civilization that no don't do that
3: what no it's awesome i'm writing this down
1: yeah it's like we found we found the most advanced ai what what's your origins well originally we were created as sex toys and, and then, then we the continued to collapsed. evolve and then so, we had uh, to
3: so that was that was civilization peaking right there they had nothing yeah. more to do after well, that
1: well, people are always afraid. Like you know, the, the we're, we're going to make like the Terminators, and they'll they'll take over. And it's like, well, what what if like just the the flashlights, you know, like became self aware and then took over.
0: On that note, all right. <laughs> uh, Don't make on. artificially
1: intelligent. Moving on, uh, sentient uh, merlights.
0: I think they would be very upset. I think they would be very upset. What was that old Robin Williams joke? It was dark, it was light, it was dark, it was light, it was dark. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: About the divorce court. So, if if the penis could yeah. talk. Yeah. <laughs> so
3: so.
1: <laughs> sorry folks. So that, that would be an that would be an interesting website that you could set up though, right? It would be like a quiz, right? It would be like like alien artifact or marital aid then you could just have like a picture of something and just, you you have to guess like, what is it? Is it an alien artifact or is it some kind of sex toy? Cause, cause did you ever see the site? It's gone now, but it was dog toy or marital aid. That game was hard. (laughs) (laughs) That game was difficult.
4: Wait, what? (laughs) Yeah,
1: it was called dog toy or marital aid. And they would show, it would be like some weird dildo thing or a dog bone. And, and it was using like, a dog what and the hell aid. is that? And 50 50 chance you were wrong. And that's what made it hilarious. <laughs> oh, uh, are <laughs> all- like, oh my God, I know what that is. Oh, it's a chew toy. Never mind.
0: So let's talk about the Kickstarter. Uh,
1: yeah,
0: it's got a week left as we record this. And last I looked, you're about a third or a fifth of the way there.
3: Uh, that looks to be correct. Yeah.
0: So, while we all hope it succeeds, I have backed it. Spaz has backed it. I know other people. Thanks, nice guys. Backed it. You're welcome. I put my money where my mouth is, sir. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
3: we're gonna have you on our show, but we're definitely not gonna back your game. <laughs> <laughs> that I actually, actually backed it before you got booked.
0: That actually yeah. has that actually has happened. That actually. Once oh, or wow. twice, okay. yeah. yeah. I'm not going to say when or what, but that, yeah. Um. So if let's let's, I I really hate to be negative, but what happens if the Kickstarter does not succeed? Do you have a plan B like Alpha funding, early access? I and mean, what what is your plan going forward if the Kickstarter is not ultimately
3: successful? Uh, we keep working. We keep doing what we're doing. We keep working, oh, good. Um, and uh, you know we may have to. Uh, limit some some ambitious features. Um, I mean, you've seen how far we've come. Um, and yeah, the demo is great. I, I've the demo, I, yeah, I mean, the demo's, demo's not half bad, not half bad. And <laughs> all you need is keyboard commands, yeah. And and all of the mission architecture is really there, it just needs to be strung together. You know, we got to get the voice act, we got to get the script final, final, finalized so the voice actors can get working. Um, but I, I mean, I think that we're pretty close to a finished product. The question is, what is that? Is that product going to be fully featured? Um, and, uh, and what extra little features would we really, really like to do if we had the time, money and resources? So if this doesn't get funded, we kind of build a fence around what we absolutely have to do, um, and what we think is going to make for just a great gameplay experience and all of the really ambitious stuff that we were excited about, we may have to shelf or find you know outside investment somewhere else. Um, mm-hmm. And there are plenty of doors left on the, the west coast for us to be knocking on to uh, see if we can find third party investment in, in what we're doing here with Deep sixth.
0: That's good. Um,
3: for those people that have already backed and we've already sent keys to, don't worry. You're still going to get the game, regardless of whether or not the, oh, the Kickstarter is funded. That's really um, awesome. and and that's just like you know why 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 it's just it's a shitty thing to do to take a game away from somebody who says hey I really believe in, in what you guys are doing so you guys are going to get the game no matter what all of our backers are going to get the game no matter what it doesn't matter if the Kickstarter fails you're going to enjoy yourself a nice free game um, and we're going to make the best game we can with the resources we have available. And we're not done until the Kickstarter is done. So you're going to keep seeing the updates. We're going to keep adding on some new features. We're going to be showing you guys what's going on. And uh, and it's going to be great. And we're really lucky to be so wonderfully supported. We've got some great backers. Um, we've got some great feedback from people as well. And... It wasn't that people were were critical of the game at all. In fact, if anything, and everyone that seems to have tried it has liked it. The challenge for us has just been getting the game into enough hands as possible.
0: Yeah, I mean, visible. We're in a we're in a phase now, especially even with space games, where there's such a glut that it's just it's. I never I don't like thought
3: throwing indie apocalypse around because you know we, we we know that there's yeah. a lot of indie games and the barriers to entry are getting lower all the time. And Steam's newest changes are probably not going to do much to address that. But, I hope
0: um, so. But I at certainly... the same
3: time, like for a company like ours, um, we can do a whole lot more with less than most companies. We have zero bloat and everybody's a generalist. Everybody can take on multiple seats. We're also in a 24-hour cycle and that we've got people that work on – deep-sixed all over the world. In fact, at no moment in time is somebody not supporting the game in some way, shape, or form because of our time zone differences, um, which is also just an amazing thing as a developer and that I can go to bed real grumpy about a, a problem that is with the, the game's code, and then I'll wake up in the morning, and it'll be fixed because somebody figured out what was going on. Um, and it, it's really good for morale to have teams that, that are... Uh, spread out in, in that kind of way, working with the same iterations of the game. Who's working? Uh, yes, yeah, so right the game's now? still going to come out. The Game's still going to happen. Right. Uh, it's just a question of what it's going to look like and uh, and what our promotion budget's going to be and how we get it
0: get it into enough hands. Who's working on the game right now? I mean, you're uh, here. Right now,
3: but who's working on it? Uh, what time is it in Germany right now? <laughs> um, uh, I think it's right early now. This will be the end of my shift. My shift will be ending actually just momentarily. Hmm. And then uh and then Dennis, who's in Germany, will be getting up bright and early and finishing up the fire mechanics.
0: That's amazing. So how many people in total are at Little Dog Games?
3: Uh gosh, I think we're at ten in various states. Some people are full time, some people are part time. Even myself, I'm actually part time right now. Um and uh and that's just that's great because I'm moving away from code and more to managing all the fastest of the company right now and uh, keeping everyone else coordinated. We've got uh, an artist that's full time. We've got a programmer that's full time, and we'll probably be bringing on a second full time programmer pretty soon. Yeah,
1: that's the thing I wanted to point out is that the the art is really good.
3: It uh, well, I'm really I'll make sure to that. tell the team that they are. We love it. We love it. They're they're yep. so proud, and and we give them very little direction. Um, and and that's by choice. So. Uh, we have an idea for concepts, but when it comes to things, I, Derek uh, Restivo, he loves color. And he makes very, very bright, colorful games. And some people think it looks like Fruit Loops have vomited all over things. Um, but I, I swear, like I will always support um, experimenting with color, creating games that feel different, that look different. Because um, I don't want to bore people with just looking at the same gray walls again yeah. and again and again, especially when it's the same ship that you're in for the whole game long. So I'm, I, I think he'll be thrilled to hear that you guys
1: really like the art style. Yeah, I just wish that there was more cupboards and stuff to open. Like, not, not even that they're they're uh, important to the game, but it just could be like random crap.
3: And that's something yeah. that actually uh, is on my mind as well. It's more not so much cupboards as. I want every single panel to be openable and for you to see a whole bunch of wires inside. And then I want you to be able to take scissors and cut those wires and have your ship, you know, break in some capacity as a result of that. My dream is for every single part of every single room to be removable in some capacity. As for how realistic it is for us to get there. Um, I I think it could happen. I think it will, could happen. Um, it's just a question of finding the time. And over the next few months, we want to get all of our features in. Once all those features are in, locked in place, and good to go, and we like to get the way it, it plays and feels, then I want, to, I want players to start having the freedom to disassemble their ship. So, and it could be like, you know, you take this panel off and drop it on the ground. It'll stay dropped on the ground. Or if you want to take a panel off the wall, stick it in a torpedo tube, and eject it, wouldn't it be cool if that thing could be a projectile that you could throw at somebody?
1: I think it'd be cool. You know the uh, one. Yeah. The one room missing is there is no bathroom.
3: Yeah. So the idea behind these ships is they're not really intended to be used for more than twenty or thirty minutes at a time. the The lore of these ships is they're expendable, disp, uh, expendable probes um, that are one man, and it's usually a slave. It's a it's an involuntary employee that they put in these things, and they go into. They warp into a section of space and uh, and then they scan for about 20 minutes, the sector, and then they come back. And it's one of those things where an AI could do it. But because of certain laws that exist, AIs are not allowed to be too intelligent. If an AI is too intelligent, it could lead to the robot
1: uprising or just AIs are expensive and people are.
3: Well, that's yeah. And that's another thing is, is, you know. So the the only are shackled in terms of their intelligence. So you got to put a pilot in there and you are a prisoner. Um, You as the pilot have committed an offense that has cost a lot of money. And your prison contract has been bought out by this Astra corporation. And the Astra corporation has um, said, great, you now belong to us. We're going to park you in this uh, spacecraft and you're going to keep scanning this nebula, which, by the way, is incredibly deadly and will almost certainly result in your death, um, until we are satisfied. And what's interesting is, like, as you're exploring, you're going to discover like the corpses and entrails and parts of other prisoners who have lost their lives scanning nebula. Oh, neat! Yeah, it's um, it's going to be fun. It's cheerful.
4: <laughs> so so it's a bit like MST3K your bosses didn't like you so they shot you into space.
3: Almost exactly. Yeah, actually, very much so. It's um yeah, and and your boss is is just completely ambivalent to you as a person. They actually have zero investment in you. You are an expendable resource. Um your equipment, your spaceship is worth way more than you ever will be. So you're trying to work off your debts, basically, and they don't even give you a name. They refer to you as, you know, involuntary employee 1056. <laughs> and, and you're, yeah, you just got to, and you are on the space station for refueling and repairs, and you're the only one there. And you're like, well, why don't I just take this spaceship and warp back home? But it won't let you do that. All it will let you do is warp into the nebula and warp back. So you're really stuck and you can communicate with the outside world, but this company monitors your communications and they're like, nope, you know, you can't talk about things we don't want you talking about. They'll censor, uh, your conversations. And the fact that there are aliens in the nebula is not appreciated or known by humans. It's not known by people on earth. The company knows all about it, but they've kept uh, kept it a secret very effectively so they're like, oh yeah, by the way, uh, this uh, this nebula you're scanning, there's a whole bunch of space monsters in it, but you'll you'll they won't be a problem. Don't worry about it. You'll be fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, Brian, what is what is the uh, that space hmm. mining game? I cannot think of the Asterux? name. Astrox. No, not Astrox. The one where you actually get in the EVA suit and go out oh. and mine stuff. Oh, and then it got stupid weird because oh. it was like oh it's about we thought dreams it was this or
0: game. something. Um, yeah. God. Okay. Keep talking. I'll figure it out.
1: Yeah, this one's not about dreams. <laughs> no. no. Well, it, it's more like nightmares, because right? because it, it's it's sort of a setup like that where you're a prisoner on this ship, and they send you out to mine and stuff. And I and I played it for a while on it, and I'm just like, oh yeah, okay, ah. so this is kind of cool. Armed planetary to like prospectors, or whatever. Yeah, there we go.
3: I don't know that one.
0: Yeah, it's we had them on ages ago. It's it's a it's a neat game where you're in a mining suit like a, like a, almost a mining mech, and you're you're an indentured servant, basically a slave. You're a prisoner, and so yeah, I'll throw
1: a link to it in the in the thing. You need to check this out because it'll probably well it, for for no other reason than you like games that get weird, and this game gets weird. And and it's it, yeah, it's know, weird. It's not at all what you expect. This is not the game that it looks like. Oh, uh,
3: we that do... sounds awesome. I Which I if wonder awesome. if that's going to like frustrate people
1: because they think it's like, oh, this is like some EVA suit simulator, and then it it turns into something kind of like a, a hellscape of, of nightmare land. And uh, what's it called again? Uh, it's Arm Planetary Prospector. I, I put a link in the stream chat yeah i can
0: also we get we do have to wrap up though but i can send you a link later um but yeah it's it hasn't been updated in a while uh anyway um we got to wrap it up so uh ryan i want to yeah thank you for uh, taking the time to talk to us about deep six and i really hope uh the kickstarter succeeds again uh folks the game is Deep Sixed. It is currently kickstarting for another week as we record this. Uh, I could definitely use your help. It looks like a great game. We have uh, played a demo of it and uh, we like it a lot. We, we're all very impressed by the art style. Oh, by the way, it's really funny. Uh, the writing is great, the voice acting is fantastic, especially of the computer. I love the computer. She's like, please be optimistic. Uh, she's great. Uh, so, love the computer. Uh, but We've yeah, got check. some
3: great dialogue for uh, for Holly. Um, oh, great. The, the computer's going to be the real star of the show.
0: Oh, I, that's she kind of already is. Uh, just a couple quick programming notes, folks. Uh, on Thursday, we are going to start a monthly sojourn to the planet Pandora with Borderlands 2 in co-op. I've never played a co-op. I've heard it's a lot of fun, so that's going to be a good time. And next week on the podcast... Very excited because we all like this game. We're going to be talking to the developer of Icarus Starship Command Simulator uh, next week on the show. Which, if you haven't played, is a five dollar game that's basically first person FTL, but better. I think it's better and also kind of weird. Very weird, very a good weird.
1: There's, he, I could tell from the tutorial that he's got a good sense. There's like a, there's like
0: a, there's oh, like a giant. Yes. You can run into like a giant fly that he could actually beam into apparently and kill it from the inside apparently uh that kind of it's weird it's very very weird like you run into malevolent planets who suck your shield energy like i'm not even making that up that actually happened to me uh so i already recorded video of that one folks on the youtube channel if you want to check it out again icarus starship command simulator it's actually it don't let it's kind of looks it doesn't look great but it plays fantastically so that is definitely a game you want to check out. So that is next week on the show. Uh, Ryan, again, thank you so much for taking the time to join us and talk about Deep Sixth. Well, thanks uh, for ha- having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. And uh, folks, don't get the fidget spinners. Just avoid them. They're, they're just a fad. They're going to get away. <laughs> there are other things you can do to keep yourself from fidgeting. Seriously, I fidget all the time and I find ways to deal with it. Pens, twirl a pen. That's just a much cheaper way to deal with fidgeting. Like, if you want to know what I'm talking about, there's a scene in Top Gun where Val Kilmer is twirling a pen, you know? Just to, just learn how to do that, and you'll be much it better It
3: immediately off. makes him cool.
0: It does. That's why I learned it, because I'm like, that's so cool. I want to be able to do that. I spent hours, hours learning how to do that.
3: It was also the last uh, time in his career that anyone ever wanted to be him.
2: Oh uh, yeah, I also wanted to go stand on a volleyball field and flex my uh, arms. Yeah.
0: Cause, <laughs> cause, well, no, he had, he, had
1: a, he had a good one in... Uh, Kiss Kiss Bang no. bang, bang was up.
0: great.
1: And, and I think he, I think the doors was pretty alright. He just overcame
0: now. cancer. Let's be nice. He just overcame some cancer. Really? Uh yeah. Okay, yeah.
2: so Top Gun. Top Gun came out in eighty six. I don't think that was the last movie that was good for him. No, he, he, had, he had a few others. You know the Saint was pretty I'd say, okay.
0: I'd say Kiss he Kiss Bang me Bang. About fusion. I'd say Kiss Kiss Bang Bang for me was the last one I really loved him in.
2: Anyway, folks. Uh hey, hey guys. Hey guys, yeah. remember when he was Batman? Uh, i'd like to forget that thank you so uh oh, doc holiday and tombstone sorry
0: oh wow those were great so folks uh stay tuned for the val kilmer junkie podcast <laughs> so kidding <laughs> next. So, is it coming up next <laughs> no I'm so kidding thank you everyone for watching and listening and we'll see you next time have a good night everyone bye-bye i'll be your huckleberry